Hi, I'm Bill Farmer. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast, where we're going to talk about all sorts of wacky voices. So stay tuned, would you? Gorge. <laughs> the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 30, a goofy movie. It's so 90s! This podcast is brought to you by Netflix. Netflix is the internet's leading provider of streaming movies and anything you want. If you want a TV show, if you want your favorite movie from the past, most likely Netflix has it, whether it's through their DVD or their online streaming. Netflix has everything you want for a very, very easy price. We always talk about movies that are on Netflix and we love Netflix. So we are happy that Netflix is supporting the Animation Addicts podcast. So to get your free one month trial of Netflix, just go to therotoscopers.com slash Netflix for your free one-month trial of their amazing service. You're listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, back with a vengeance, Mason Smith, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Morgan Stradling and Chelsea Robson. Hello, hello. How's it going, ladies? We're together again. I know. It's been... Very, very, very long time. The Christmas season just threw everybody off. I know. And, Don't you hate Christmas when you're a podcaster? Uh, best of episodes, you know, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, started school up again, getting ready to move and podcasting, which is my love, you know? Hey, didn't we have an awesome best of show episode? I'm sorry I couldn't like co-host on it, but... There are plenty of parts with me in it. Which oh. I, um, uh, like all the fan mail is like, I love Mason Smith. Oh, no, right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like, more like, sorry, ladies, I, I, but love... I just love Mason. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. I loved it when Mason screwed up the Rockadoodle statistics. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Yeah, so that was a cool show. I was listening. I was listening to it yesterday when I was at my studio class. But yeah, before we get into that, y'all want to cover some news? Let's do it. Open up your eyes, take a look at me. Get the picture fixed in your memory. I'm driven by the rhythm like the beat of a heart. And I won't stop until I start Okay, so on, like as far as the buzz for animation, I've kind of been out of the loop because of all the stuff that's been going on in my life. But I was perusing uh, YouTube and I found a really cool trailer that Disney's putting out for a new video game. But of course, being Disney, it has to be some sort of like super interactive, real world, not real world kind of boundary. And it's called Disney Infinity. It's their new video game. Disney Infinity is this kind of interactive game where I don't want to spoil it too much because you really need to see the video yourself. But you get these little figurines and you like put them on this thing and then you can load a character onto this massive uh, multiplayer gaming environment. So it's called Disney infinity. And the idea of infinity is really pushing this trailer because you can be any character at any place with any other character doing anything you want. And there's kind of no rules. Well, of course there's Disney rules, but it's like Disney's great at laying down rules, but not really enforcing them out in the open. Like Disney world. You know what I mean? 
Explain. Like, yeah, what are you talking about? Well, you know, at Disney World, you know, you, if you're not supposed to be on the grass and you get on the grass, then some really cheerful costume character will probably get up and be like, hey, you're not supposed to be on the grass there. You know? <laughs> or if you're in um, Splash Mountain, you know, the vultures would be like, okay, put your arms and feet in the container at all times. I don't, I don't or, know. Or it's like the Disney characters, the face characters, they're not supposed to talk about them like they're real people. Yeah, they just to, are the character. And so when you're ta- like, oh, like, what's it like to be Cinderella? Like, oh, well, Cinderella is a professional actress her? and she can, you know, she's been doing this for years. She's a pro. Yeah. It's like, oh, come, that wasn't my question. <laughs> anyway, tangent. <laughs> the first of many. Oh, the first but, uh, of the new year. A new year. So basically, yeah. So basically in this trailer, it basically shows if you want to be Jack Sparrow riding on Dumbo through the Incredibles city battling giant robots you can do it in disney infinity and so it's all about obviously there's going to be some sort of collecting thing involved so yeah disney infinity what did y'all think about the trailer so this to me is like just imagine what a five or six year old goes through when they're playing with all their action figures like they have no rules they have no boundaries you know they'll have their little action figures their little figurines and they'll do whatever they want with them like this is the video game version of that or i could potentially say like the video game version of Disney crossover fan fiction because like that's what people like they love fan art and fan fiction where like two of their favorite characters come together and you know and meet and have an adventure and I think this is Disney finally like tapping into that saying like okay people love our characters let's just do it and something else that you know with the the figurines that go on this little like I think it's called the uh, according to the press release the Disney Infinity Base and so that is Whoa. where you can beam your characters in. This is based off another popular video game, which I had no idea about until this past Christmas when my nephew, that's all he was talking about. There, This is based on the Skylanders video game, and it's essentially the same thing. Like, you buy figurines, and then you port them into your video game, and then you can play as those people. Like, it's actually, like, really smart marketing. Oh, yeah. Skylanders? Aren't those those, like, Bakugan? Like, no. It's, yeah, it's, that's what I thought it was. Rejects. Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, really great marketing in the fact that you are getting, not only are they buying the game, which is kind of like a one-time deal, you buy the game and you're done, but like... If but you, you, wanna- keep, you keep buying extra content. Yeah, 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 you're just always having to unlock new things if you want, you know, it's like, gotta catch them all. So yeah. if, if you guys were to play this game and you could only have money for one figurine, who would you play as? Oh, man. Well, it depends now because is Kingdom Hearts going to be in this in this game? I don't think so. Is is Star Wars going to be in this game? I could imagine it. Is Star Wars going to be in Disney Infinity? Maybe Disney Infinity 2.0. Whoa. I know. They're going to make a sequel. It's like, well, we're still not getting enough money. But (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Disney. I hope to work for you someday. But um, if there's Star Wars, I would be like Boba Fett. And I would like (laughs) hunt Disney characters. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's see. What character would I be? Hmm. Jack Sparrow? No. Too drunk. Um, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to be like Sergeant Calhoun or like Wreck-It Ralph. But it would also be fun to be like, I don't know. Would they have Black Cauldron characters? All I can say is this video game looks like something that I would become very addicted to and therefore will never play. <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason why I don't play Minecraft or, like, Lego Universe or anything, because I knew if I logged in, I would just get totally addicted and my life would be sucked away. Oh, yes. I've wasted my life. 
Okay, that's a, that's a sweet review. Yeah, so um, our fans can check out the trailer and our thoughts and some of the press release on the Rotoscopers website. Yep, and it comes out this June. Yeah. Oh, and another cool thing about it, it's on all platforms, including mobile devices, iPads, computers. It's not limited to just video game consoles. You can find this everywhere. Wow, cool. Well, yeah, I actually saw the Disney Infinity trailer after watching uh, one of our Rotoscopers YouTube videos. Yes, yes. So we have started a Rotoscopers YouTube channel. We actually have had it for ever since we started. We just never put anything on there. So we just finally decided, really hey, let's do something about this. Yeah, exactly. We just kind of let it sit there. So we actually were able to get some news about Frozen. Actually, back in September. I don't know why we waited so long, but we got concept art for six of the main characters and then some information about the plot. So we on this YouTube channel, it's just Chelsea and I for this first one, but we just sit and we break down all the characters, what they look like. So Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Hans, uh, uh, you say his name like a snake and then Ven, Sven. And uh, of course the snowman. So yeah, we just sit and we're just uh, talking about that and pretty cool. So I, I like YouTube. So check it out. We, uh, you know, we're going to put some DVD reviews on there and any other info we get about Frozen, definitely we will put a video up and nerdy couch discussions over there. And yeah, just like another place to just get like mini versions of the rotoscopers every once in a while. So check it out. It's really fun. We love video. I guess you can see what we look like. Some people wrote comments. They're like, wow, I finally get to see what you look like. I'm like, oh. <laughs> cool. So yeah, rotoscopers on YouTube. Check it out. So I think I owe everyone an explanation for why I've been gone for so long. I mean, I don't know if people care, but <laughs> um, basically starting from mid-December till now, like I had to do finals at BYU, um, got married. Hey! <laughs> Dude, I totally got married and it's awesome. Super, super freaking happy. We had the ceremony, and then we uh, went on a honeymoon, and then we had the reception, and then Christmas, uh, of course. And then we actually had to fly up to Utah and uh, drive down to Texas uh, because I actually transferred uh, to another school. <laughs> um, most of our fans on Facebook probably know because um, we put up an announcement. But at the end of fall, I got accepted into the visualization program at Texas A&M. so i'm an aggie now i saw the opportunity to to be in this undergraduate program um i actually heard about it from my girlfriend who is now my wife and uh, actually before our interview with pixar's chris horn who uh, did rendering for brave she mentioned him and she mentioned the viz program at A&M and that they do animation, they do graphic design and gaming, which I'm really interested in and I kind of need to decide what I want to do, but it kind of perked my ears up. And then uh, after listening to Chris Horn talk about it, I just got really interested in it and in the fall I made the tough decision to leave BYU and transfer down here and and so far it's been like really cool. I'm transferring in as kind of a senior, but I'm I'm taking sophomore level classes because of everything that's transferred. But anyway, do you guys want to hear what classes I'm taking? Ooh, I do. I'm yes. interested. Okay, so 14 hours. Uh, I have art history, digital photography, Ooh. and that actually might turn into some sort of minor situation. They they encourage undergrads to have a minor. So I'm just kind of taking that as a side class. But you know, Chris Horn, before he worked at Pixar, like he was really into photography. Mm-hmm. And I think having a sense of, of visualizing with the camera 
what you want to accomplish. I think that's important for animation. So I'm taking that kind of learning about cameras and, and, and doing that. And, and then I'm taking a writing class where we basically write about design and visualization. Um, it's really weird. Like the first week, all we talked about was the human visual system and how eyeballs work. And then we're writing essays about like animation ethics, gaming and interactive stuff. And, uh, it's writing intensive, which I'm I'm fine with because I can talk all day and thus I can write all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see, uh, there's my big studio class I take on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's from like 930 to 1. And we... Studio um, meaning like you just sit there and draw? Like we literally have a studio. And so, yeah, there's drawing exercises that we do, but it's all kind of like spatially oriented like we have to draw in perspective and then we have to draw organic shapes in perspective and learn how how to draw and manipulate actual 3d space Uh, and then i'm taking like a computing class where we're going to learn linux and we're going to learn a programming language called python that they use so all these classes like it's it's a ton of stuff that i really am interested in all in one semester so it's like it's really challenging but it's really fun too and everybody in the program is really crazy (laughs) really like this like yeah. funny, weird, nerdy, awesome, hilarious, all of the above. Well, well AM's too conservative to have like a fine arts program. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it is an agricultural college. Uh, yes, ma'am. That is agriculture and uh, machinery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not making fun of it, but um, but yeah, the, the VIS program is actually in the architecture school. So I have architecture students in class with me. Um, and that's cool to have because they're more like detail oriented than, than emotional oriented. Shanna, my wife, was actually in the construction sciences program in the architecture school. But anyway, this is a really long story. But yeah, I've, I've moved. I'm in a new school. I am still studying uh, animation and stuff that I love. So it's really fun to kind of be in this new stage of my life. And I'm really excited about it. Dude, I know. it's like good thing overload. I've made all A's at BYU, by the way. I've had like a 3.9. So I'm super excited. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to hear your adventures as they progress. And I'm sure like our listeners will be very interested. So you're expected and required to do well for the sake of the podcast. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So every once in a while, a movie comes around that's just totally goofy. And in, <laughs> and released uh, the 7th of April, 1995, we got this goofy movie. Going somewhere, Pop? Sure. It's a vacation with me and my best buddy, Donald Duck. No, silly. With you. Uh, it's goofy. Let's go. Give me a big Stop goofing around. In an outrageous full-length animated feature. We'll spend some real quality time together. I think I'm going to be sick. Walt Disney Pictures presents, come on, this is going to be fun. The story of a father who couldn't be closer. What the spirit? My team. This is embarrassing. To driving his son crazy. This is pathetic. Now, they're getting a crash course. In becoming best friends. It's Bigfoot! Could you back up a bit, Mr. Foot? Uh, You're out of focus. This spring, one of Disney's favorite classic characters lands at theaters. In the most hilarious. It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. And hippest animated musical comedy ever. A little smoke. 
goofy movie. Morning, son. Dad. It's hard to be cool when your dad is goofy. You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. So Kevin Lima was the director. He's also the director of Enchanted. So I remember when Enchanted was coming out, I, I wasn't quite familiar with Kevin Lima. And then I went back and I was like, a goofy movie. Nice. <laughs> the automatic gold star in our book. Yeah, he's done everything. Like, for example, he was the director of Tarzan, 102 Dalmatian, and Enchanted, like you said. But he also did art on Aladdin, Oliver and Company, Beauty and the Beast. Now he's with DreamWorks Animation, and apparently he's the director of Mumbai Musical, which Ooh. we talked about. So that'll be interesting. Oh, oh, yeah. That one's coming up. Yeah. 2015, so you got a few years. But oh, yeah. I mean, if it's anything as good as this next movie we're talking about, a goofy movie, then it's pretty good. So box office wise, this did $35 million in the U.S. of A, and which is pretty good at the time. Uh, it was okay. It came out April 1995. It was really supposed to be in the kind of Christmas 1994 time slot, but there were a few different studios of Disney's working on this at the time, and the one in France was kind of behind on production, so they pushed it back to April, and uh, Lion King actually took the spot of a Goofy movie that year, and that was a big success for Lion King. Oh, poor Goofy movie. They missed it by that much. Yeah. If it weren't for Lion King. (laughs) Everything changed. I mean been an even bigger hit the disney parks would have been completely different there would have been a goofy land there would have been a goofy land be more max goof around the park and roxanne and robert zimaruski yep. that's a possibility if this would have been released in december mm-hmm. if only so disclaimer this film really isn't about goofy the character but it is about the goof family not to be confused with the goof troop uh which was uh, part of the 90s lineup you know back when you had all the cool but the cool disney, disney- Afternoon. Dude, that's I don't know what happened. We just never got that channel when I, I was, was a kid. Normal TV. Well, <laughs> Neither of us had cable. Nothing about my life is normal. But yeah, we never had it. Okay, so watching this film, you know how I get my crazy theories. You know the meme where the guy's like in a party and he's the only one who's like got this like weird look on his face, like he's just realized something really important and trippy. That's like me all the time. But <laughs> But what is Goof 101? Tell me the anatomy of a goof. Because so we've got Goofy and we've got Max. Both have black fur skin and they have like a more doggish face. The button nose and then the kind of floppy ears on Goofy. But they both wear white gloves. And besides maybe Pete and PJ, no one else does it. And then you have uh, other of these uh, kind of humanoid characters who have uh, fair skin, dark skin, who look more human than anything. Others look more like animals. So is this like a separate universe or is it just like a region of the Disney universe? Well, Uh, because Mickey and Mickey and Donald make cameos in this film. Well, I think it's best described. If you look up the definition of goof, it is a noun that says a mistake, a mistake, a mistake, mistake? the government's (laughs) I don't know science. (laughs) The verb says to spend time idly or foolishly to fool around cinnamons, fool, dolt. Blockhead, nincompoop, blunder. So that's a goof right there. You really wanted to know what a goof was. Okay, so okay, so it's established. Goofy is a certified goof, yes. and that's kind of like the point of this film. Kind of. Can I just say I think goofs are a race. Yeah, you think they're, they're a race. In this bigger race, um, they're particularly the dog race. 
within this uh, Disney universe. They're just a race within this bigger world. And we just happen to be seeing this region where goofs are very prevalent, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to dig a little deeper. So I uh, I reached over to my nightstand and picked up Disney A to Z, my, uh, my go-to encyclopedia. Wow. Uh, for Disney. You know, Goofy was first called Dippy Dog when he was first introduced in, in the, the newspaper strips for Disney. Uh, they later changed the name to Goofy, and then they made him into a kind of a more humanoid character because he kind of has the teeth of a horse, but <laughs> the face of a dog. But so, I don't know. Could they be mutants? Because a goof is a mistake. I think there's some toxic waste or some radioactivity <laughs> going on <here. laughs> You know, that would explain how how Goofy's mind is appears to be so muddled or, you know, there's all sorts of theories. But I just want to bring that up. I've never really fully assimilated into the whole like Disney Toontown universe. I kind of keep it at arm's length as far as Disney goes. But that's just kind of my observations. Well, like you said, this movie isn't really about Goofy. It's it's more about like the Goof clan, which is true. But Goofy definitely is a main star in this movie. And the director, Kevin Lima, he said that they kind of wanted to show like a, a different side of Goofy than you were used to. I mean, normally Goofy's just this, you know, he has all these crazy antics and he's just weird and, and goofy and crazy and, uh, you know, gets in trouble, messes things up. Right. So they kind of wanted to show a more real side of him, a side that you could relate to. And I, I, I think it works. I think at some points in the movie, you really empathize with Goofy that it wasn't just I mean he does still in the movie have like crazy actics and different things that happen but they did a good job I really do like the phrase in the song where it's like though he seems intoxicated he's just highly animated and he's nobody else (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's cool now this uh, like we mentioned earlier this was animated primarily in France and then, if I understand right, they, there were other parts that were done in another studio. Yeah, so parts of it were done in Australia by Disney Toon Studios. And Disney Toon Studios was essentially the studio that got started in 1994 to produce sequels. Uh, that was kind of their main thing. Is throughout, They closed in 2006. But from 94 to 2006, they were kind of the sequel makers within Disney. So, Well, that's cool. You know, this isn't a poorly animated film. It's got some good movement. You know, it's got some good stuff. Uh, they threw in a CGI car, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty well blended in. I mean, it's pretty well – you can't really tell unless you're really looking. So, I mean, it's cohesive. The parts with Sasquatch were, like, the best parts of the film. But anyway, It's Bigfoot! The elephant in the room with this film is that – uh, the only way you can really adequately describe it, it it's just one word, is 90s. Yay! <laughs> 1990s. I mean, we're, we're smack dab in the middle of a 90s, uh, you know, regime. And uh, it's got the 90s music. Uh, we got 90s costumes, 90s hair, 90s lingo, everything 90s, you know, right down to the um, the quintessential Disney single parent, you uh-huh. know, that we saw everywhere in animation. You know, Goofy had a wife. He, he did? had a wife. Yeah. When? Uh, but she... Uh, you know, mysteriously disappeared. He had a wife in the pre-Goof Troop years, oh. if I if I understand yeah. right. And then starting in, starting in Goof Troop and then going on, they just kind of never mentioned her. And it was just kind of like a single parent thing. <laughs> There's mention of Goofy's father in this film. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. I always, I always thought he could get with Clarabelle. I always thought they could be kind <laughs> of a good... Horace Horse Collar. And where is Horace Horse Collar today? Uh, Bill Farmer does his voice. It's true. But oh. that's all I know. He's not very uh, prevalent, let's just say. <laughs> I don't know. 
don't know, but going along with your 90s thing, like, yes, it's like very heavily 90s, but like, it's kind of timeless. Like, I can see past the 90s stuff. Like, no, it's just 90s. Okay, it's just- <laughs> yeah, no, I love the 90s. In fact, this movie specifically has, it actually is more than 90s for me because this was actually my family's very first DVD purchase. Wow. Yeah, I got it for my birthday. I got a DVD player and two DVDs. We got Goofy Movie and Robin Hood. There you go. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so we got Robin Hood. He heard Robin Hood. I was like, oh, back in. (laughs) I'm back in the conversation. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So the DVD has kind of like that switch over in my mind of like, it's going from the old VHS into the DVD realm of awesome. Yay. And then also... This was the very first album that I bought on iTunes. So, oh, really? Yeah, it was like a just jumping into the new world of like this is normal and Goofy Movie is is what took me there. <laughs> awesome. There's also one one random thing as I was watching it this last time. For some reason, they wanted to bump up the special features because this is during the time when it was like the very first DVDs. And so they really didn't know what to put in there. And so one of the special features is Disney's Mambo Number no. Five, oh, performed no. by Lou Vega. Mambo Number Five. Well, how do you do a Disney Mambo Number no. Five? Oh, you just throw in Disney characters. But anyway, it was funny. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. But did did Lou Vega actually? Yeah. Perform that version. Yeah, and then they have like all these Disney characters dancing around him. Oh, nice. cool. Good for him. Hey. Well, hey, at least they tried. I mean, some of the Disney DVDs nowadays, like, no effort gets put into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know. That ticks me off so much. Like, I got the, the Great Mouse Detective DVD, and it's the Mystery in the Mist edition, which is just essentially the old Mystery in the Mist edition from six years ago. And they used the exact same features and didn't even try to, like, hide the fact that they were, like, the same. I'm like, come on. So, um, speaking of the soundtrack, uh, I think this movie has amazing songs in it. Like, this has one of the best Disney soundtracks. It does. Just in general. And I know that's going out on a limb. This isn't, like, one of their... Uh, isn't included in their 52 feature animated films, you know, the classic ones, sort of like how Nightmare Before Christmas isn't included. But the soundtrack, like all these songs are very, very memorable to me. And like you talk to Disney fans and like you start singing these songs or you just mention them, like people love these songs. Yeah. So we'll talk about those a little later. So let's talk about the characters and their corresponding voice actors. So I think the very first main character we talked a little bit about is Goofy, who was voiced by Bill Farmer, which we had an interview with him, and he's... Uh, our very own. Yes, it's our very own interview with our very own Bill Farmer. He's ours now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was really great, and so he just had, you know, you can... If you want to learn about how he got the gig as Goofy, just go to that episode. It's a really, really good one. He has lots of cool tidbits to share about his experience with Goofy and just being a voice actor. He was so kind, and that was cool. And um, this is one of his moments that he, like, one of his highlights of his career. He kept talking about how, like, a Goofy movie, like, really meant a lot to him. And I can imagine. I mean, you're just doing little shorts here and there, you know, getting called in to do random voice work for the parks and your own movie, um, especially right after you had a TV show. Like, that's big. That's pretty big. But I love Goofy. Like, in this movie, he's he's just so innocent and he's so sweet. Like, aw. He's such a good dad. 
Like, I, he just wants to do everything for his kid and just like, oh. Yeah, it's it's not like he's at fault at any part of this film. Like, he's, he's pretty constant. He's so believing, like, when um, Pete, you know, tries to up-show him with, you know, taking pictures of at the Kmart studio or whatever. By force. <laughs> He's the like, Pete way. Oh, like, you lucky woman. He's like, Gar- you sure do have a way with kids. Like, clearly he doesn't, but like, he's not going to judge you. So I know there yeah. were some criticisms by critics, like pff, critics. Uh, critics kinda, make criticisms? Yeah, they, they do. Who'd have thought, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Right. But they kind of mentioned that he's a bit oblivious to the point where it's unbelievable. You know, he doesn't even like try to listen what goofy said it's like oh you'll have more time for parties when you're older i mean look at me i when i was your age i was never even invited to a party look at me now (laughs) (laughs) yeah great dad (laughs) i know i love that whole part where he's like oh you look just like me when i was your age please don't say that (laughs) (laughs) he is oblivious i mean he's goofy but uh i think he just thought that he knew better you know during those parts when max is trying to say like hey i really don't want to go because i have a date you know growing up i think Especially like he had just gotten the call from the principal where he's like, your son dressed like a gang member. Gang dressed member. like a gang member. School. All right. It's his frenzy. <laughs> and then uh, he gets the, the threat about his son ending up in the electric chair, which <laughs> I scared Goofy out of his wits. And so at that point, you know, when when, when uh, Max is trying to plead his case, it's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm the dad. Pete's told me what to do. And, you know, I got you under my thumb. So he not really giving Max the chance in the beginning. Yeah. And this is back when you could actually mention the electric chair in a kid's movie. <laughs> you know? I love when he mentions it to Max later. He's like, I just don't want you to end up in the electric chair. And he's like, electric chair? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Where did this come from? Oh, poor Goofy. And Max, Jason Marston, he's, we've talked about him before. He was on Spirited Away, but he's had such a huge career and they just really always refer to him as the guy from that show because he is the everything. guy from that show. He's done everything. You listen to anything and it's like, oh, there's, there's Jason. <laughs> I remember him mostly from Step by Step, the little, the best friend guy who ends up dating the one girl. You know, that guy. I like, you know, as much as as Max doesn't want to be like his dad, like there's bits and parts of him that he just can't, you know, do away with. One example, the laugh. (laughs) Yuck. Oh, yeah. Um, It kind of comes out a little bit. Like he can't hold it back. He's just like, he's just goof, you know, (laughs) and that one moment when he finds out he's having a date with Roxanne and in the moment of excitement, he's just like, everybody mambo. (laughs) Like that is the mambo king. I freaking love it. Yeah, Max Goof. I don't know. I think he's he he may be part of the reason why I don't like this film because he's got such a horrible attitude. I don't know. I guess he just wants to get with that girl and be cool. Yeah, he's a teenager. So can you really blame him? Maybe I was never a teenager. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a hard time uh I have a hard time. Uh, relating to him i mean i do you know i mean everyone was a teenager anyway so we're in the 90s and so of course uh, when you've got these uh powerful voice actors in a movie uh, you gotta have jim cummings oh yeah i mean he's like the voice actor from the 90s and he's still got a very active um career today but yeah so uh we got pete 
I thought this guy was kind of funny. He's not the bad guy. You know, there's never, there's no really, there's no real bad guy in this film, but does not mean he is not bad guy. Pete's always been a little antagonistic though. Um, little villain profile here. He was introduced back in 1925 as uh, probably the first and primary antagonist to Mickey and then Donald. Um, I mean, he's got a, he's got a long list of, 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 of bad roles. Uh, you know, evil guy roles. So he's the ghost of Christmas yet to come in, uh, in, um, I was about to say Nightmare for Christmas, but a Christmas, uh, Disney Christmas Carol where Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck is like, who, whose grave is this? And he's like, why Scrooge? It's yours. <laughs> you know, that, movie. that was, that was the scariest part of that film. Uh, you know, and, uh, he was, um, you know, he's the bad character in like the Mickey's clubhouse show. Not bad because there's no bad in that show, but he's just you know the guy who gives you all the problems. Practically blew up the universe in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, <laughs> I mean he's he's everywhere. So in this in this film he's like Goofy's coworker. You know what? he kind of shows as he's kind of like a foil to Goofy because uh, Goofy just wants Max to what's up. Sorry, like I don't. That's the conundrum I have. I'm just gonna. This is conundrum number one. Okay. It, he clearly has tons of money and he's working he, as a photographer at the local like convenience it's not a convenience mart it's like a kmart because they have the blue light special but that never made sense to me i'm like really really i think he's just in super debt <laughs> that's i do he also stands for a good analogy for the american consumerism that has it's been thriving throughout the 90s and today and i'm just talking right now but <laughs> Well, no, no, no. You're making a lot of sense, you know, because he's got the huge RV. He's got all the stuff. PJ is like the kid who who has like all the cool stuff, you know. Uh, luckily, PJ's not like a brat about it. eBay wasn't invented yet, so I can't put down eBay Tycoon for the reason why he's he's got so much so much dough. I don't know. Maybe he won a contest. <laughs> you know, um, he was actually called Peg Leg Pete when he first started out because he had a peg leg. But they kind of in animation world, you can just kind of erase something and draw draw another thing, and that's the character. <laughs> yeah, he's got some funny lines. You know, your kids duping you <laughs> under your thumb, goof. I know what he's like, Goofy. You know, he he's bowling, and Goofy's like, oh, next time he's like, PJ, yes sir, come, come yes sir, come. And then he knocks it over. Woohoo! Stragola! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, everybody's like, oh, please, Pete. Um, you know, when he talks, it's Jim Cummings, right? So I, he talks and I just like close my eyes and visualize Tigger. You know? <laughs> and what I think I like about this film is that it's not like they threw in a bunch of Hollywood actors to do the voices. They got quality uh, voice actors from that era. You know, of course, you know, Jim Cummings and... and and uh, Bill Farmer were already in Goof Troop, but they didn't. They didn't go the Hollywood route, which was cool. Like this yeah. is this was this is a, a basically a, an animator's animated film because it's got all those voice actors. Yeah, one person that I had no idea who was I had no idea who she was was the voice of Roxanne uh, Kelly Martin. She's in a few TV shows, uh, but really, there's not much. She's just around. Like, but this is one of her biggest roles that she's known for. I think Roxanne's a cool character. Like, it's cute that Max has a little crush on her, and um, yeah, like she actually likes him back. Can I just say, like, I love her shorts. I so had her <laughs> shorts growing I, up. I mean, like, kind of rolled up in their mid thigh. Like, yeah. 90s. Like there's a picture on the internet, which I'll put this in the show notes of these two girls dressed as Roxanne and Stacy. Oh, they oh, are yeah, like yeah. awesome costumes ever. Like seriously. Oh, perfect. those are great. 
another thing I love about her is her dad. Like, yes, we all know that all these <laughs> are, are dogs, but her dad is like, there's no like humanistic characters other than the fact that he's wearing clothes and like a wife beater, like about him. Like he is a dog, nice daddy. Like he's the old guard dog. And then she kind of has like tons of control over him, which I just thought that was kind of a funny moment. <laughs> like anytime she's with Stacy, like I think Stacy is an amazing character, but, um, when they're walking down the hall and, she, and oh, this is it's like I told you, men are so easy to control or whatever. Whatever. What did she say? <laughs> Speaking of PJ, I really like PJ. Um, Rob Paulson. Um, he was, um, you know, Jimmy Neutron's uh, friend guy in Jimmy Neutron, and then he's in. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in everything. He's he's also got a podcast that I've been listening to lately. Uh, oh really? Yeah, talking t- talking tunes with Rob Paulson. Nice. Like, He's got a lot of stuff, and he's just really, really cool guy. Uh, whack, he does Wacko Warner. He's the vo- he's the singing voice for the Mask, and also in the I think in the cartoon he is the Mask as well. Um, he, Mighty Max. Anybody who remembers that one, dude, I love <laughs> Mighty Max. He was like the f- the antithesis of Polly Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I forgot he had his own show. Yeah, and then, <laughs> um, but also he was also he was also one of the other Tinker uh, Tinker fairies in the in the Tinkerbell movie. Oh, sweet! But I hear him everywhere now that I've like put a, put a, a personage to that voice. I just hear him all the time. Principal Major's got to be one of my favorite characters. Oh, Wallace Shawn! I remember him from Princess Bride. You know, he even looks like Wallace Shawn. He does. They did that on purpose. How about Science Slumber Party? <laughs> I love that part in the beginning when he was like, good morning, boys and girls. You know, every year I have kids come up to tell me, Principal Mazer, what can you do not to waste our summer vacation? And it's like all the kids look at each other. And then they just, they just like zone out. How about memorize all the prime numbers or even science slumber parties? <laughs> ton of like background quotes that are so awesome. Like yeah. something will be happening and someone will be talking and then the other person will be talking in the background. And like those are the quotes to look for. Because... Yeah. And then we mentioned Stacy. Was she another stuff? Yes. She was in Blossom. She was six from Blossom. I totally watched that show. <laughs> so I have like two like very favorite uh, Stacy quotes. <laughs> okay, so the first one is when she's the student body president. She's like, as student body president, I just want to say like, yay for another fantastic year. <laughs> and like, <laughs> talk to me, talk, talk to me, talk to me. Baby. And like her face, she's looking over at him like, mm. <laughs> and then the other one, when Max is getting ready to talk to Principal Mazer after he got caught and she's talking to Roxanne and like turning in some form. And she's like, and so my parents, I see is going to be out and the place is going to be like a sauna. So I'm like, use it. So I think my name is going to be Powerline Goes Rainforest. Too much? I love that part. <laughs> That's funny. She got that part because she was able to talk really, really fast. Yeah. That is like, the, that's the best part about Stacey. She's like a fast talker and she's like totally a nerd. I mean, she has glasses and braces, and um, but she's student body president, so she's pretty cool. <laughs> and she's throwing the best party at her house. Yeah, her parents have paper. She's like, um, so I'm going to invite the whole class to watch the Powerline concert live on pay-per-view. It's like paper, <laughs> another thing that's very 90s. Like, yeah. you still have but like <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, I like Stacey. I thought she had some cool stuff. 
And then, uh, you know, this guy was, was, uh, this next guy was uncredited on IMDb at least. And I don't know why, uh, voiced by Paul Shore, and that's Bobby, uh, Zimmeruski. <laughs> he had such a great part. Okay. They, was, uh, oh. I know they didn't have enough of this guy in that, in the film. I think they tried to kind of put a little more of him in with extremely goofy movie. I don't know how he got into college, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, whenever I do like quote competitions, notably with people like Morgan, who are quite a challenge. Um, <laughs> and, and I have to do, and I want to trip someone up with a goofy movie quote. It's always hey, look is the leaning tower of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and great then, quote. I, I thought some of his lines were kind of annoying, but I just think he's like one of the cooler characters just because he's like so like out there. Like those like purple, uh, like rose colored glasses or whatever, which is really funny. Um, I love that. Like he's he's their go to guy. Like, I don't know if they really. OK, like this is a conundrum I have because it doesn't. I thought they were friends with Robert Zimmeruski or Bobby. Um, but then other times he it, it makes it seem like he's not. And here's like the one instance. So when. When Max tells everyone that he's going to be on the Powerline concert, so everyone is watching it at Stacy's house, and Bobby's like, that goof kid ain't there. And so, like, I get the impression, like, okay, he didn't really know Bob, he didn't know Max all that well, and Max didn't really know him. Like, they just kind of used him for his stuff, right? And then later, um, when, you know, when Max gets on TV, he's like, oh, there's Max. So, uh, I know that's a really, really stupid argument, but I don't <laughs> I, uh, well, it, it, it makes sense, you know, because it's like, why would he call him the goof kid? It makes it seem like eh, I didn't really know that kid, but like, he's not there. Um, he has, like you said, some really great lines, just like anything he says. It's like when he's drinking the, the water out of a straw from the water fountain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slurpage. <laughs> Slurpage. Slurpage. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I you, you, need fun. Yeah. I know, right? Well, fundage is cheese, so it's all good-natured. So, I don't know. Maybe they are friends. Um, anyway, uh, this guy kind of reminds me of my friend Dustin in high school. Like, he would get in the biggest trouble, and he would just, like, take it in stride. You know, I love how Bobby handles going into Principal Mazur's office. <laughs> he, like, just, like, doesn't care <laughs> that he's in Mazur. trouble. What's up, bro? bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the other voice that I wanted to talk about was the voice of Lester when yeah. you go to Lester's The guy in the possum suit. Yeah, the guy in the possum suit. So when Max goes in, he's like, my life's a living. And Lester goes, hello, little buddy. <laughs> that is actually a, that is actually an appearance of Kevin Lima, the director. Really? Yeah. Dude, I love it when they do that stuff. I know. It was so great. He also does a cam- he also does kind of a, a cameo in another film that he directed. Uh, does anybody know what that is? Yeah. Tarzan. No. Dang it. <laughs> he was in Enchanted. And he was Pip. So he's like, uh, oh, he was the. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that was him. I was like, yay, Kevin Lima. Dude, that's funny. Random bit of trivia. He's also married to Brenda Chapman. Really? Yeah. That is that is trivial. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so let's just talk about we've like through talking about the characters, we've talked about lots of scenes, but let's talk. I know about- we we totally analyzed the characters. We should do see. I don't, I, maybe we've we got them down. Let's actually talk about the movie. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. So uh, we'll talk about scenes of note. And I think like the very beginning is like this intro part where it's like Max is having this dream. And then it's, it's just so strange. It's like, he, first thing he hears is Max, Max. And then, you know, Roxanne's floating down from the pillar and, you know, they're giggling in the flowers. <laughs> And then, know, of course, leads into kiss. Um, yeah, I can relate. You know, y'all have ne- obviously never dreamt about your like dream girl crush. You know, but it was kind of it was kind of awkward watching it though. It's like because you don't know if it's like this is how it is or what's going on. And then, of course, like goofy teeth, the horror, <laughs> the horror, every child's nightmare becoming just like their parents. <laughs> Ugh, a terrifying transformation. Um, but like, okay, so that, that Max part where she's like, Max, it always reminded me at the end of Haunted Mansion, um, oh, yeah. where like that creepy bride lady or whoever, she's like, hurry back. Be sure uh, to bring your death certificate. Yes. So, I love it. To that, but I never found anything to prove it. So that's just my own connection. <laughs> but yeah, so then we break into, um, you know, we find out it's a dream and he's late for his big, uh, you know. His big moment, like seriously. Okay, so he's a senior in high school, or or whatever, uh, or whatever grade he's in, no, and he just <laughs> he just crashes a school assembly with this amazing light show, yeah, and a microphone, and like and like a rigging system, and it's uh, you know impersonating the the light box guy or whatever his name is, and um, only Powerline Dad, the greatest rock star on the planet. The greatest rock star on the planet. You know, Powerline, he's kind of like, uh, he reminded me of Prince. You know, he kind of had Michael Jackson in him, but he's more like Prince to me. But like, I don't know. So how did he blow it? Like, everybody loved him. You know, at the end, he's like, oh, I totally blew my chance. Chance to do what? Like, you accomplished what you wanted. You you, yeah, and- you, you threw Principal Mazer down a trap door, and we don't know how to do that. <laughs> and, uh, um... You know, he got rid of the principal, and he does this amazing show as as um, as power uh, line, just because just because he got caught. Like, I don't know if one if I was Prince Mazer, I would be like, okay, this kid needs to be like this kid needs to be on YouTube or something. Like, we have like our Justin Bieber of the goof yeah. generation, but like Principal Mazer takes so much offense to it, and it's like such an embarrassing situation. Oh, yeah. I thought it was awesome. Like, can you imagine, like, last day of school assembly and that happens? Like, I mean, we can't really, Prince isn't very uh, relatable nowadays, but, you know, imagine, you know, someone pretending to be Justin Bieber or, I mean, that's even a a very lame uh, thing, like (laughs) Timberlake or something, you know, and and impersonating him. Like, that would be bomb. But, um, yeah. You know, and everyone loves it. That's the thing. Like, you know, afterwards he's walking out and everyone's like, Max, 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 Max. I know. Everybody loves him. Good for him. Yeah. That, that, I, I thought that first part was cool. You know, he sings a song about, you know, you know, after today, you know, he's and stuff. This is kind of like one of those like 90s kind of coming of age movies. You know, it's got some Ferris Bueller in it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's got some it's got some of those, you know, 80s skateboard movies, you know. We just want to graduate and survive movies. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. I don't know. And that whole that whole first part, you know, I like the um when he's going through school and everyone else is singing, there's like the jocks and stuff, and there's like little goth goofs <laughs> who are like super glad to not have to deal with anyone anymore. Uh the bus driver, I'm gonna sit on my butt. <laughs> Oh, speaking of, so that song after today, a friend of mine actually went in and he did a whole live action version of this song 
and it is really really good it's you should check it out on youtube but it's yeah yeah that's just friend? huh that's your friend yeah awesome yeah, and so like he was just talking to me. I was like, "Yeah, you know how some people they like you know read books and stuff in their free time. I make movies, so this is what I do." Oh well. <laughs> so yeah, but it's really really good. And so he goes in, and it's just fun to watch. He really typecasted people really really well. <gasps> I was proud of him. I know. You know, but some of those school kids, it's like, well, this is the '90s, so they really like you know. This is really when you know they like girls in cartoons like started showing their midriff started running around in tiny shorts exhibit a is the very modestly dressed uh, but hot chick <laughs> the hot chick she comes up and she's so impressed with max's hey, max, with max wicked dance and then and she gets shooed away by the nerdy girl <laughs> forget it girl he's roxanne's but is he roxanne's but is uh, he at that point i was so have- frustrated i was like max you blew it She's so much harder than Roxanne. I guess that's not the point of the movie. I was like, Max, come on, man. Oh, so like speaking of, you know, you're talking about how Ferris Bueller reference or whatever. Like, I I don't know if this is a direct reference, but you know, the part where Goofy's driving away, they're going on their adventures like goodbye house, goodbye mailbox, goodbye pile of broken wood. Is that a reference to It's a Wonderful Life? Because I feel like in It's a Wonderful Life, I've only seen this movie once. Um, there's Maybe. a part like saying goodbye to a bunch of random things. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, so I I recently I saw thought it. it was just like he crashed through his own fence and. Well, yeah, that's even like more hilarious how oblivious he is. <laughs> okay, so so the, so the big conflict in this movie is that a Max and Goof Goofy need to reconcile. They need to learn how to work and bridge the generation gap. And let me just say the nineties and nineties kids to, to nineties parents generation gap must've been a real doozy for parents. <laughs> I feel like they must've been so bewildered, but anyway, um, so he lies and he's like, okay, I can't go to the party cause I have to spend time with my dad, but I'm, uh, because we're going to join a, a power line, uh, for his final number at his concert. What a horrible lie. And what makes Max, me wonder- I was like, Max was saying it. I was like, Max, stop. Just stop talking. <laughs> Just tell the truth. Like, it's it's worse now. <laughs> In like five seconds, you've made it. You've made the worst lie ever. But the thing is, Look, like- he's a cartoon. He's a cartoon character and he can kind of do these things. Just kind of randomly. But but it's like, golly, like this is worse than Aladdin. <laughs> no, I don't happen to be a street rat who just has a really powerful genie. I'm actually a prince. You know? It's like to go to, to escape the pressures of palace life. Oh, palace life. <laughs> Try me. But, uh, oh, yeah, I just think it was terrible. I love what, uh, you know, he's explaining it to her. And he's like, I was hoping I could uh, wave to you. When we joined Powerline for the final number, she's like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible, Max. Like, she's eating it up. Like, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I thought Roxanne's character did a good job of, of, like, she did a good acting job. Like, I thought her kind of style kind of translated good into the animation. And it was cool. Because <laughs> they have some, like, real, you know, high school kid conversations, you know, when, when they're, like, talking about awkward inviting you to the dance, you know. Come on, Roxanne, don't want to ruin the moment. What I don't understand particularly is how... She that just became an that was just okay that he was 
breaking their date to go to a concert. So why you're breaking the date. So why does that mean I can't get another date? Like that's, I, I didn't understand that part. Yeah. And he's yeah. like defensive about it. She's, she's going to get another date, but he's like, no, now you're my property. You're mine. Like, <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> wow. Party alone. Out there. <laughs> I know someone else. I know. Poor guy. So um, we go, go off on this whirlwind adventure to Lake Destiny. Which, if you look up Lake Destiny on Google Maps, it's actually in Georgia. What? Yeah. Wait, so I, tried to, I tried to look at the map and figure out where exactly they live. It looks like <laughs> no. Indiana or something. When he first showed out, when he first folded it out, it looked like he was going from Indiana to oh, to Canada. So I don't know where was that was going for. Well, okay, my mind is like blown. There's not actually a Lake Destiny, Idaho. No. That is so sad. <laughs> it's like Destiny, Georgia. Oh, well. oh, that doesn't really sound as cool at all. Oh. Yeah, Lake Destiny sounded cooler than potatoes. <laughs> miles and miles of potatoes. Sort of jumping ahead, but like I never quite got. Okay, later when when Max becomes the head witch wearer and navigator of this year's road trip, um, <laughs> where the map, what the map says, Max, we will follow. <laughs> I love, um, well, like, I don't really get it because Max changes it. And so he switches their de- final point of destination from Idaho to L.A. Like, even if, you know, um, Goofy didn't look at the map ahead of time and, you know, they started driving along. Don't you think at some point, whether on the way or finally when they arrive in L.A., Goofy would have found out and <laughs> really bad. Like, what was I ex- expecting? Like, I'm just going to trick my dad. We're going to end up 4,000 miles away or however many miles away in LA. And then he's just going to have to go with my plan. Like still, they don't have a plan to get on stage. So like, I don't really quite like get that, but it was still awesome. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So on the open road, let's go back, back in time. The that was fact, kind of a fun song. Oh, it was a great song. The fact that he has an eight track player in his car is pretty high rolling. Yeah, it, even it, in the, even then, I don't know any cars that had eight track players in them. Yeah, and uh, it all starts when uh, Goofy's like, "Hmm, how do I pass the time with music?" Uh, you know, and some this thing makes a noise, and the pots on, on top of the car are making a noise, and it makes a rhythm, and then he starts the song with that. Yeah, totally. Tarzan totally stole the trash in the camp bit from Goofy Movie, but it was Kevin Living. It was Kevin Lima that directed him both. So he was just like, hey, we did this on Goofy Movie. Let's do it here. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's something. We got the Nashville chick. uh, We've got the the other dudes, the old men. Am I the only one who noticed the undead guy just kind of ripping out of his coffin? And no, of course not. And uh, those are the best parts of these movies. See, It's it's. those random moments and then the random nuns that show up everywhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're the nuns the are everywhere in this film. What was with that? It's just their summer road trip. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So they, they go on the open road. The eight track is broken. They have to discover their own fun via uh, trivia games. Walt Disney. <laughs> um, and um, creating their own songs. And eventually, first step, first destination is Lester's Possum Farm. <laughs> Here it is. A.K.A. Uh, uh, the Country Bear Jamboree. I mean, uh, the, uh, the uh, Possum Posse Jamboree, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that, like, Disney's kind of making fun of themselves. But this is also, like, your stereotypical, like, 
really small scale, like crappy amusement park in the, on the side of the road in between like two main destination points. I think between here in Utah or here in California, I'm not quite sure where on which path, but there's like a Flintstones land. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I think it's on the way to California, but like, it's just randomly, like there's nothing around it. And there's just, it's, it's really crappy, but like people stop because, Hey, there's giant dinosaurs and different things. So this is kind of, Oh yeah. That's on the way to California. And that was, they also put that in, uh, the Pee Wee Herman show. This is just your cheap little amusement park. That's uh, has the funniest premise ever. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to, okay, guys, I'm going to sing this song in the bloopers just so you know. Okay. <laughs> well, you can yodel, so why not? Yodel, yodel. <laughs> Yo- there's there's some pretty good exchanges like between. I I just love the part where Max is like so so embarrassed by what's going on because Goofy wants to dance with him in front of everyone, <laughs> in front of a bunch of strangers that he's never going to see again. I mean, what's his problem anyway? Uh, <laughs> who's your favorite possum? Don't Laster. touch me. <laughs> Who's your favorite possum? Don't touch me. Oh, you're so sad. I know. Somebody needs a big hug from Lester. Don't even think about it. And then slaps Lester. Beat it to crazy. I just like that crazy kids just kind of grab Lester and carry him away. That's so random. Dude, it's random gold. And then, of course, uh, Pat Buttram makes his little cameo. Awesome. Super awesome, but yeah, and then there's more. There's more more road tripping. Actually, they kind of have more fun. You know, Max kind of loosens up after, um, you know, they're running with Bigfoot. You know, I I don't know. I thought it was kind of random that they just kind of show up. That Pete and PJ just kind of jump in and out of of their road trip. You know. Oh yeah. I guess it's to illustrate how the different parenting styles. Because Pete, you know, he rules by fear. You know, and he wants PJ to respect him. But Goofy just wants Max to love him, and he wants to be part of his life. But Pete kind of just doesn't, isn't really interested. Yeah. Because yeah, Pete's like, give him, give him, give me five, son. Psych. <laughs> you know, and it really, and it really hurts PJ. It's like, oh man, oh, I never yeah. get to touch my dad. <laughs> I about that because uh, PJ and Pete technically, you know, they have it all, right? I mean, they have the the man, I'd love to have this RV. You know, he, they have the giant RV with the octopus aquarium and the big TV and the, the pool that pops out and the barbecue and the bowling. The, the, don't forget the basketball court. <laughs> and it chops down all the trees around. Like, <laughs> but, very environmentally friendly, but Lorax not approved. <laughs> and so, uh, Unacceptable you know, they, to the Lorax. They have everything, right? So you think like, oh, this is life. And then you see how Peach Pete's how Pete, Pete treats how Pete treats PJ, and it's it's really not um, like desirable or admirable. And you flip to the other side with Goofy and Max, and like they're just camping it old school, like you know, just have a little tent in their uh, you know their little car and uh, fish in the old fashioned way, right? And then uh, you kind of learn like what is the better of the two. Like I'd rather have the Max Goofy relationship with my parents than I would the Pete Money PJ relationship. Yeah. And of course, this is all interrupted by who I believe is the funniest character in the film, his freaking Bigfoot. It's so <laughs> random. Dude, when he shows up, this is like when the film actually gets funny. Like, they just animated him really well. Like, they gave him his own little personality and his own silliness. 
And yeah. it's like, and like the, oh, he's so he, freaking funny. You know, he he appears because um, Goofy's teaching Max the family secret handed down from generations. The perfect cast. Perfect cast. <laughs> and uh, he accidentally grabs a steak from, P- from Pete along the way, and then uh, it lands conveniently in a Bigfoot-sized footprint. Uh, Classic. <laughs> um, could you back up a minute, Mr. Foot? You're out of focus. <laughs> so yeah, then crazy things happen with books, but and Max is all excited because, you know, they don't have very much money, apparently, and they can sell this and they'll be so rich. And then uh, he breaks the camera. And okay, so oh, yeah. Bigfoot, like, my brothers and I would rewind the the stay in alive scene where uh, <laughs> phones land on his head and he's like, just the finger starts dancing. Do, 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 do. He's like, into it and then um you know then it's this like sentimental moment between max and and goofy in the car later and it's just completely silent and then all of a sudden in the background you just hear silently the staying alive song and uh, bigfoot's doing the uh um Saturday Night Fever like, and, and lee seriously would rewind that part over and over and over again i'm not even kidding like we when we were eight uh thought this was so funny like way beyond hilarious so um have a special place in my heart for that scene Seriously, man, I would I would rewatch it just to watch the Bigfoot scenes. I guess it's so funny. Some of the stuff that he does, like when he's sleeping and he's like, he decides to get up on top of the car and sleep. Dude, it's so freaking funny. Oh, they thought things were going their way, and then uh, Bigfoot happened. But it, it it leaves room for some at first very awkward car moments you know with uh with goofy and max like trying to kind of be cool with each other you know kind of like a half reconcile that of course leads to the main character just blowing it even more um before you get there there's the high dad soup scene which is like oh you used to do this when you were when you were a baby and then like the the most funny part to me of this scene is like yeah you know you spell little words like like bye-bye and and max is like ambidextrous and Goofy just kind of ignores it. He's like, like starts saying, yeah. "Like I love you," and then that is like the most awkward part of the whole thing. It's like, oh, can't say I love you to dad, and it's just funny, like how blown out of proportion this like feud has gotten between them. Oh no, no, no! You did not just go there. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know, seriously. And then uh, you know, you're on this trip, and there's no back in the '90s. There's no cell phone to call or text Roxanne, so all all Max has is like a therapeutic postcard to kind of write like an imaginary confession note. But think of how much better it is that they didn't have those cell phones, because then he wouldn't actually have gone to LA, and he wouldn't have he would have just sent the thing and just like I'm lied, I'm sorry, and then it would just been like I'm lied, I'm sorry. (laughs) Please don't kill me. And then, uh, now he has to do it. So I just like when he's really trying to get that map open. He's like, "How many cups of sugar does it take to get to the moon?" Uh, three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of looks at him and keeps sleeping. It's so weird. I liked it. I wonder if that was. Uh, I wonder if that was improvised by Bill Farmer. Oh, I don't know. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so then we go into the road trip montage, which. Uh, you know, they're in the diner and, you know, he becomes the head uh, navigator, Max does. And, and then they're to the open road, to the open 
road, you know, and then there's this like cheesy song that starts playing. Um, and I guess this movie is technically considered a road movie. Um, so in cinema, road movies, a film where the main character, they leave, they leave home to travel from place to place, you know, and, and typically through the way it alters their perspective of their everyday lives. Um, they use this term Bildungsroman. So it's a type of Bildungsroman, which is a story where the hero changes, grows or improves uh, over the course, course of the story. So it's much like, I mean, the beginnings of these type of road movies or road stories were uh, um, stories like epic stories like the Odyssey or the Aeneid. So, um, yeah, I just this kind of reminds me of Bolt, too. Uh, Bolt is definitely a road movie because they're just always going from place to place, trying to get from point A to B uh, within usually a time crunch. So, uh, you know, the road trip's fun. Some crazy things happen, and they seem to bond and have a good time. Um, so we think until they arrive at the uh, Neptune Inn. I love the Neptune. <laughs> Dude, such cool waterbeds. Cla- classy <laughs> choice, Navigator. <laughs> Say that to yeah. my brother. Whenever we go into a hotel room, like we always are like, Coral! Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. I know, and then and it all changes, you know. Oh, yeah. Poor Goofy. He just wants Max to love him. I and love then, what- uh, Pete, who l- hates... Loves to hate being the bear of bad news. Yeah. When he jumps in the jacuzzi. He's like, they never put enough water in these things. Or they always put too much water in these things. His little pink speedo. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Poor Goofy. He gets so sad, you know. He gets so, like, betrayed, you know. Yes, yes. That's, you know, and they're just, like, rocking out to some, like, sort of power line music video on this little TV and eating some pizza. And then I love, like, I never quite understood this. Like, so what is exactly that they, they're they borrowing goof's power in his room it's like this giant tube and is it or like is water shooting out of it yeah so we need with rvs you need electrical and a water line and i guess he just hooked it right up to their bathroom i don't know <laughs> like that's nasty i just i always thought that was funny but that didn't look like a water line that looks more like a sewage line i know I was we, like, have, a, I we have a travel trailer and i was like that looks like a sewage line it's leaking <laughs> I'm just going to chalk that up to ignorance on the animators parts. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, um, so or sad. Or they were going a lot. Or that's what they meant to do. Gross. But dude, seriously, like, this does have some good father-son moments. Like, it's a good father-son story. Because I've been in Max's shoes where I get, like, caught in a lie and my dad just, like, storms off and waits for me to come to him and be like, Dad, I'm sorry. Which brings Goofy and Max to, like, the rock bottom point of the plot, which I really love, you know? Uh, complete with some cheeseball 90s reconciling song. There's nobody else but why oh you. But, uh, oh, Dad. And then, uh, you know, this is a part of the, the, you know, the big, long movie commandments, but apparently whenever characters notice that they're headed for a waterfall, the river must change from gently flowing to like a raging river that's just careening them over a waterfall of death. Like, well, that was Emperor's New Groove. But it's like, <laughs> he's like, a waterfall? Oh, the river's like, okay, he notices waterfall. Must flow faster. You know, it's like, it never fails in every movie. It just gets more violent and more fast when they realize that they're going over a waterfall. <laughs> But anyway, but really yeah, that's, just, that's, that's just movie magic. The saving grace of this whole movie. Who'd have thought the perfect cast saves the day? Yeah. Perfect water cast. About to, 
you know, tumble to their deaths, but also during, hey, it turns out to be a pretty sweet dance move. <laughs> it does. It totally saves Goofy at the, the, the Electrobuzz concert or whoever that guy Power is. Powerline! Oh, sorry. He's only the greatest rock star on the planet. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Seriously, though, if Powerline were a real person... All right, All right Mr. Would... Lightbeer, prove it. <laughs> Seriously, though, if Powerline were a real person, I would totally go to his concert in L.A. Like. Oh, hey. I would go just because he's so, like, I don't know, the guy's so skinny. How does he do it? <laughs> how does he do it? Okay, first of all, I just like how they just randomly show up. No car. No car yeah. and no way to get to L.A., but they just, whoop, we just stowed away in a violin case and a, and a drum set. And now we're at the Powerline concert. Awesome. Like, well, that was quick and easy. Well, and at the Powerline concert, it makes it seem like his concert is one song long. Yeah. They get there and eye to eye starts playing. And so that's is presumably because people are going through the turnstiles and, you know, entering and the band just arrived and people are still getting ready in the dressing room and eye to eye is playing. And at the very end, eye to eye is, I mean, he's finishing singing that first version of eye to eye. So I'm like, wow, this guy really knows how to pack a stadium for one song. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Um, I thought he was supposed to come in during the final song. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. But there's only one song that plays. Yeah, but like, he, he also has stand out. If I can make you stop and yeah. take a look at me instead of just walking by. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that I wouldn't do if it was getting you to notice I'm alive. All I need is seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> great songs. Great songs. Um, yeah, yeah. So Powerline's awesome. He, first off, Electric Yellow. uh jumpsuit awesome. he has two hot babes that are twins awesome he has this giant fat lady you know i guess for the final number the fat lady sings surrounded it gets like electrocuted slash she's in this giant ball uh awesome and uh did i mention a flat top oh awesome. boy that's all you need right so so basically he's a he's a mixture between prince and will smith <laughs> <laughs> no uh mc hammer yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I I think he's more of a Will Smith than MC Hammer. Really? Yeah, that's kind of true. But they but, both had flat tops. I mean, in, in your defense. Yeah. You know, and so and so he he wraps it all up. You know, he pulls it off. You know, thanks to thanks to his goofy ingenuity, um, he just shows up at the Powerline concert, and Powerline's just like cool with it. So he's a cool guy. And um, he's like, oh, all right, all right. This wasn't in rehearsal, but that's cool. Sure, um, let's go on. And so he got to be on TV. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's, he has a future with Roxanne, I guess. And uh, and, he, and it's cool. What was the thing we liked most about this film? Uh, Just kind of well, wrapping up the plot here. What, what did we like about it? I, I Besides besides Powerline, besides a song, I don't know. I would quotes. say uh, songs and quotes. I just think this movie is just funny that you can use these quotes in many, many situations. And if you're a Disney quoter like me, I mean, um, Goofy Movie is just quote gold. It Much is. Story. It's just, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I, what I saw in this film was a really good father son like child parent message. Me, you huh? don't need to, con- you don't need to control your kid, but you should want to be part of their life, and you need their love. You know, kind of like a Toy Story kind of thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere within that pad of stuffing is a toy that told me that life's only worth living if you're being loved by a kid. But um. <laughs> But you know, I you know I have my theories, and I have my my I, I get long winded about some of this stuff. But I went on IMDb to kind of look at the what was going on, on the message board still active in 2010. Uh, this guy, 
this guy made this like thesis, multi-page thesis, what? an extremely verbose and, and intricate and detailed analysis of Max and Goofy's relationship and how it uh, changed but really didn't change from Goof Troop to this film. Awesome. Uh, awesome. His, his thesis, his, it, oh, if you read it, it's going to take an entire afternoon. But it, it just goes on and on and on about how, like, you know, um, Max and Goof are just fine in Goof Troop until Pete arrives on the scene and starts planting seeds of doubt into Max's brain. And it kind of starts this rift, and the rift just escalates until a goofy movie. But he's got quotes. He's got, like, what? proof. He's got all this stuff. It's so funny. Like, check out that link. I put on there, but it's just ridiculous. But um, you know, I, I I can relate somewhat to Max, not in, not in the bad attitude part uh, section, but because uh, like I really had a blast with hanging out with my dad when I was a kid. Like it was pretty awesome. I understand the relationship and I appreciate it, and I really do like these kind of family, uh, you know, father son films. You know, I think uh, I think having a good relationship with one's parents, you know, if you know if you have them. It's it's super important, and one should never take advantage of it. I love how Disney kind of does that. Uh, Meet the Robinsons had a really good father-son relationship. And it was all about that kind of wacky family thing. But anyway, I, I just like it. I like that part of the film. Powerline was pretty sweet, too. <laughs> okay, so I have some last-minute conundrums. Yeah. Just before we finish. So um, conundrum or just kind of a question that I don't understand or some logic in the film is at the end when... Roxanne's like, hey, you want to hang out tonight? He's like, um, kind of doing something with my dad. And I'm like, really? Like, you just spent- just got home five minutes ago. Spent two months with this guy, and you already have plans for tonight? Like, come on. Like, I would be wanting to hang out with friends and do something a little different. But, like, so I, I didn't really buy that. I was like, oh, my gosh. Not cool, Max. And she's okay. She's like, um, okay, well, tomorrow? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing was- something with my dad on that day, too. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, another thing I didn't like about this film is that they didn't, like, force Max to learn his lesson. He didn't have to really come clean with his lie. He was just yeah. like, oh, we found a way to make my lie work instead of, all right, Roxanne, you caught me. I'm really sorry. I'm, we're, built, we're starting you this probably, relationship on lies. <laughs> That's probably, why it didn't work out. That's why she didn't show up in an extremely goofy movie. No, well, no, no. She yeah. tells him later, like at the very end, he's like, actually, oh, I like. Right. But, but, but he didn't. But the thing was, uh, you know, I lied about. She's like, you mean your dad really doesn't know power line? <laughs> it's like, what's the big deal about that? He got it to be on TV. Like, is it is it not enough for her, for Roxanne? Like, <laughs> okay, I was on TV. She's like, oh, you're on TV, but your dad doesn't know power line, so we're pretty much over. <laughs> you know, but uh, thankfully she wasn't like that because uh, she really just likes Max for for the you know the sweet boy that he is, I guess. So I mean, whatever. But um, I was just kind of tripped up by that. So yeah, that's all the conundrums I have. The rest of them are just kind of like cartoon physics kind of stuff. <laughs> I like on the IMDb where they're like in the goof section, it'd be like, well, no one can survive a thirty foot drop from a building, so this was a goof, factual error. It's like, really, bro? (laughs) But anyway. All right, so let's give it our rating. Start with Chelsea. What would you rate it? I'll go first because I I love this movie. I give it five stars because it's got awesome music, incredibly quotable, incredible replay value, yodeling, and the appearance of Bigfoot. What more can you ask for? 
that's it's got everything for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a good. It, it was it was a full it was a full blown Disney feature. You know, they they animated it. They had songs. You know, it was a great effort. Very well put together. I don't know. I I, I have to give it three stars because. I don't know. I just found this film kind of annoying. It's not like I. It, it's not like I wasn't part of the '90s. I mean, but um, it, it, it's not the film's problem. It's more my problem. Let's just say that. <laughs> I didn't grow up with. It. I didn't grow up with Toontown, you know, or, or or any of that, or any of the Disney stuff. And so I guess I just couldn't get into it as much. And um, I didn't see this when I was a kid. So, you know, now that I'm a, a cynical adult, you know, it's not going to be as cool as it, as it would have been if I had seen it in the '90s. Well, that's so, good, because uh, we definitely need that perspective. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, don't hate on me, folks. Yeah, I mean, three stars. So, okay, I'm giving it four stars. I, like Chelsea, grew up with this movie. I love the soundtrack. I love the. I love how quotable it is. I like the message, and I think the characters, and just, like, kind of the way everything happens is pretty awesome. Um, you know, they tie in the perfect cast. There's this big old thing around Powerline. You know, he makes an appearance kind of at the beginning via Max, and they make appearance at the end. Uh, like Bigfoot and just goofy characters are, you know, another chance we get to interact with them. For those reasons, it's really awesome. But again, this may just be the nostalgia speaking, but um, I just, for those reasons, I really like it. This was one of our go to favorite movies uh, as a family. And to me, it's like one of the best Disney animated films out there. Like, uh, I would dare to say this is one of my top 10 favorite uh, Disney movies. Um, great characters, funny moments. It's really, this is a cult classic among Disney fans, at least uh, the ones I've talked to. So in my opinion, and I like it. So um, it's not perfect, I know, and it's not a masterpiece of animation, but it's really well done. So four stars. for our discussion of Disney's A Goofy Movie. It was very goofy. It was very fun, and I, I liked it. So it was a good episode, guys. How do you guys feel? Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, like, super... I'm super excited to be back in the game. I know! What are we going to do next? Should we do, like, a listener request episode? Because our next episode is going to be our one-year episode. Well, our next episode, we have to... You know what we have to do. We have to do Little Mermaid. Because that was we were going to do that one, but never did. True. Yes, that was our very first episode. We were like, "Oh, let's do a Little Mermaid," and then like things changed, and we did Beauty and the Beast, and we've never gotten around to doing Little Mermaid. So Little Mermaid will be next, and then after that, we should do a listener uh, request episode. Yeah, we get to choose what we watch, and we get a proof. Uh, you know, hopefully, it's not something crazy like Fritz. What's it? Fritz the cat. <laughs> yeah. I will just- Say right now, we will never do that movie. <laughs> yeah, we will never do Fritz. Like, did someone suggest that we do it? Not at all. But um, like, we're a clean podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're clean. We're not going to. Yeah, so we're excited to have Mason back on the show. And dude, so excited! And happy to have Mason in a very wonderful place. You know, he's in Texas, his happy place. <laughs> uh, the, pro- the promised land. <laughs> the stars. You, you know are it is, Morgan. Are big oh. and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Seriously. Um, I know. I have to learn all this. I, I know. It's crazy. And we have to learn all the traditions and stuff. And it's just like really funky. <laughs> yeah. I'm like super excited to be back on the podcast. Like this was a good episode. Uh, Little Mermaid is going to be awesome. I know. I'm really. Can't wait. 
um, until next time, you guys can check us out on the web. You can go to our website, therotoscopers.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and um, anywhere on the web. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher. Uh, we're on, like, the Zoom radio. And uh, if you have a BlackBerry, we're on that network, too. So wherever you kind of listen to your podcast, we are there. So check us out. Um, and if you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a rating because that's one way that our show can get uh, attention from iTunes and maybe get put on the uh, the new and notable list or the hot trending topic. So any little review you have, either if it's just uh, giving us a just a rating or writing a mini review, we really appreciate it. It really helps. And uh, don't forget to um, go look at us at our individual locations. You can find me, Morgan Stradling, on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Morgan Stradling, S-T-R-A-D-L-I-N-G. You can find Chelsea on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash this is Chelsea Rob- Robson. And Mason, you can find him on his blog, thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. So uh, also, lastly, uh, don't forget to uh, support the show in whatever way you can. We have a donation box. If you'd like to buy, the, if you'd like to buy this movie or any of the movies that we've talked to, you can head on to their website and go to our Amazon affiliate link. You can buy anything as far, even from the soundtracks to the movies, to the movies themselves, to whatever you want to buy on Amazon. If you buy it through there, you're going to help us out a lot. And then we also have a new sponsor this year. So we are part of the Amazon affiliate program. So uh, a lot of the movies we talk about, um, we talk about it because they're on Netflix, so it's easy for us to watch all of these movies. Unfortunately, a Goofy movie's not, but Great Mouse Detective is. And uh, actually, uh, Disney just signed a deal with Netflix, so a lot of their animated classics are on Netflix now. So if you don't have Netflix, you can get a free one-month trial from Netflix just by going to therotoscopers.com forward slash Netflix. And uh, that's just an easy, easy way to support the show. And we love if you love movies as much as we do and you don't have Netflix, what are you waiting for? So we're glad that the Rotoscopers are back together in 2013. We have lots of amazing things in store for us. Uh, well, in store for you and uh, for the show. So until next time, we, we are, are the Rotoscopers. I love, I love how um, iTunes will just um, change its, its interface. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, and with each change, it gets even more confusing to use. Yeah. Like this new, this new way. But isn't that the, always the way with anything? I hate I the way. <laughs> I just want out of the way. The best friend guy who ends up dating the one girl. You know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I did not watch that show. Oh well. There are no two greater words in the vacationing language. Well, one of them is Disney World. The other is all-inclusive <laughs> so freaking sweet and max is played by james marsden and we've talked about him before because he was on spirit is of the it Way. james marsden or jason marsden james i think it's jason jason james is uh the hottie in um, enchanted oh i like him a date now gather out my possum pals and join the jamboree. Come hoot and holler, holler from the heart. Every chicken, pig, and goat will helping. Giving out a yodel here at Lester's Possum Park. Yellow, 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 And then it goes like there's somebody in the background. It's like skin that cat, Mula, and it ships up. It goes on, and then the next verse. <laughs> the next verse is um, visit Mula's farm of fiddles. Pet our varmints, taste our vittles. Lizard, 
Lulu's Lizard's Games of Pie is a work of art. Then do a do-si-do and dance and think there's a possum in your pants down at Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> well, don't you want to be, uh-huh, hang from a tree, uh-huh, we're mighty glad to see you, and the parking's always free here at Lester's Possum Park. Hey! <laughs> That was awesome. That was very awesome. good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Oh, I listen to that song all the time. Not all the time now, but like when I first bought this CD. Mm-hmm. 